Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Hey, it's Jan from Toyota, reminding you that Toyotathon is on and here to help make your holidays extra magical. How? Maybe it's driving in a Tacoma in search of the perfect hill to sled down. Popping from store to store in a Prius to find the perfect gift. You did it. How'd you know? Or it could be something much more simple, like surprising loved ones in a RAV4 hybrid. You made it, Bobby! <laughs> You're all grown up! And seeing their faces light up when you pull up to their home. Stop by Toyotathon and make this holiday one to remember. It's the perfect opportunity to gather with your friends and family, both near and far. Dealer inventory may vary. Current offers on these vehicles end November 30th. Offers are subject to change throughout Toyotathon, which ends on January 3rd. See your participating Toyota dealer for details. Toyota, let's go places.
What is up, everybody? You're walking and or listening to the Belly Up Fantasy Live Football Show. Of course, I am joined, as always, by Justin Herrera at SemtexMex93 on Twitter and Chris Dauhauer, uh, also a co-host of the Belly Up MDFF show, uh, also within the Belly Up Podcast Network. Great to have both of you. How were your weekends? Uh, yeah, how, how did football go for everyone? How was fantasy? Well, first, I was going to start off with, you guys remember, was it three or four weeks ago when Sam Darnold was the answer in Carolina? Boy, how things change real quickly, don't they? Oh, yeah. They do. They do. He was for for P.J. Walker. He's supposedly uh, going to stay the quarterback moving forward, but we will see about that. Of course, there are rumors linking the Panthers to the Deshaun Watson trade rumors. Um, You know, that situation will definitely be something we're keeping an eye on moving forward. So the question is, is is it worth it at that point with New Orleans starting to get really good? Tampa's obviously Tampa. I mean, you could try and pull off a run, but I mean, this year is kind of blurry with Watson. Imagine what next year is going to be when all the civil cases and possibly criminal cases go through. So, hey. (laughs) Not a move I would make, uh, but, you know, it's a – the rumors are out there. We're going to have to, uh, you know, discuss them on some level. Uh, our, our good friend Daniel uh, brings up the question, do you guys think Seattle would pick up Cam uh, with Geno Smith severely underperforming the last two games? I mean, they know they talked about keeping tabs on him. Uh, Pete Carroll came out, you know, last two weeks and kind of talked about that. Um, I think that Russell Wilson is supposed to supposedly magically come back week, week nine, so I can't really see yeah. it happening. I think they're going to kind of try to hold on and wait till he comes back versus signing Cam. Yeah, yeah, I definitely think if the injury was longer, um, something like that would probably be in the cards. But I, I think that they're going to just try to tank uh, another week or two. Yeah, the pin's coming out in a week, and then they have the buy, so there's no point to it. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. All right, guys. So we are going to be kind of tweaking uh, the format of the show Um moving forward, uh, or at least we're going to test that out this week, see how it goes, see how the show flows. Um, you know, excited to see uh, what the listeners think about that. Um, so we're essentially going to be cutting a lot from the review <coughs> section of the show and doing a lot more segments uh, and a lot more of the uh, previews of the upcoming games. Um, so, yeah, definitely uh, share some feedback on that change, you know, as we get into it. Um, yeah, so we're going to jump right in to the belly ups and belly flops. But before we do that, we're, we have a quick read from our lovely sponsor in Manscaped. It's football season, baby. And you know what that means? It means we're going for two here with the sponsor of today's show, Manscaped. Blitzing through hairs has never been easier. And it's time you join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by using code BELLYUPFANTASY at manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping. It's three and out the window with all other trimmers, but go tame that Wildcat offense. As the world is starting to open up, the Performance Package 4.0 from Manscaped is here to help you get ready. Inside, you'll find their brand new Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker ear and nose trimmer, Crop Preserver ball deodorant, Crop Reviver toner, plus two free gifts performance boxer briefs, and the shed travel bag. 
The Performance Package 4.0 from Manscaped is the perfect package for your package and a key for great grooming and hygiene routine to make sure the boys downstairs are smooth like Tom Brady in the fourth quarter. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BELLYUPFANTASY at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com if you use the code BELLYUPFANTASY. Stiff arm your pubes out of the playoffs this year with Manscaped. Love I love our reads. sponsors. <laughs> <laughs> love them so, so much. All right. Without further ado, um, like I said, we're moving straight into the belly ups and the belly flops. Um, you know, I'll go first. Uh, well, first, actually, we will do our belly up player of the week as voted by our uh, cast over here at Belly Up Fantasy Sports. Um, you know, all of our, our writers, podcasters, etc., are able to vote on a fantasy player of the week, which was Jamar Chase. It was a close one between Jamar Chase and Alvin Kamara. Um, Some late tie-breaking votes came in, um, and the final answer was Jamar Chase. Both of these two had fantastic weeks, and if you had either one on your team, then you had a pretty good shot to win, I feel like. Hey, when your receiver gets 200 yards, you got a pretty good, you got a pretty good chance. Yeah, <laughs> this is true. I, I'm certainly stating the obvious here. Uh, with that, I was going to have Jamar Chase as uh, one of my belly ups, but you know that would be kind of cheating at this point. So I'm going to go with Kendrick Bourne, who, what else is kind of cheating, is throwing nice. a touchdown uh, <laughs> from the receiver position. Uh, if you manage to have him and best baller for you know due to the bi apocalypse had him in there, um, you know. Hey, you benefited from a passing touchdown from Kendrick Bourne. He also had a solid day. I think he was like four for four for 65 yards or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, enough to get a solid 16, 17 points out of someone who you probably didn't expect it from. So that that's going to be my pick. Uh, Sands, Jamar Chase, of course. Justin, what about you? Uh, I'm going to go with DeAndre Swift. Um, dude is just going out there and he is just racking up yards for days, had 144 total yards, ran 31 routes in a really close game when they needed him. He was out there and he was making every touch count. Um, he ended up with, you know, eight receptions and a touchdown. So I think that's a pretty solid game. Absolutely. All right, Chris. So I'm going to go with another guy who did really well and actually did well for me in my league says Mike Evans. Uh, three touchdown game, caught Tom Brady 600. Uh, gave the ball away, but got it back again smartly. Um, by the way, did you guys hear what that, that, that guy got for all of that? For giving yeah, the ball so back? it was looking like it was so early, but the, the Bitcoin added on late by Tom Brady. Now that makes things a lot more interesting. Now it's still not the 500,000 or whatever, but it's still a substantial. Uh, your ticket got covered. Yeah. 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 You have season tickets for the next two years. And you get autographs from Tom Brady, Tom Brady, his, his helmet, Tom Brady, Mike Evans's cleats, and Mike Evans's jersey. So, yeah, the guy's sitting pretty good just to give that ball back. But how funny was that? Yeah, that was hilarious. I will be keeping tabs as long as I can, as long as people keep reporting on it, um, if I can see if he ever gets that golf match that he uh, requested on uh, NFL <laughs> Network the other day. We'll see if he gets that round yeah, of so golf. He's definitely Brady. a belly up on, the, on this segment as well. <laughs> belly up to that guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, massive belly up to that guy, of course. All right, so my my next little go around uh, the belly up is Khalil Herbert. Um, you know, going up against a yeah. staunch rushing defense, 
Uh, his team got shredded, <laughs> no doubt about that. But he had a really good day. He one of the best performances against that defense um, that really mm-hmm. any back has had so far this season, as far as I'm concerned. Um, so really happy uh, with, with what he did. Also, Damien Williams came back, and it didn't matter. Uh, Damien Williams did pretty much nothing, had like 17% of the snaps. Cole Herbert has clearly passed him on the depth chart. Um, you know, So shout out to uh, people who manage Khalil Herbert on their rosters. Uh, you, know, you now have a guy, at least until Montgomery's back. Yeah. Um, my next guy was uh, CJ Uzama. I think I said that right. Um, yeah, just absolutely has become like the fourth weapon in that Bengals offense. And that is okay with anybody who had him rostered because he scored two touchdowns, had over what 91 yards and caught all three of his targets. So yeah, that's a belly up for sure. And he's had five touchdowns in the past four games. So Talk about him a little later on. (laughs) (laughs) I I like that segue. Um, So I'm going to throw a little bit bit of a curveball here for for a little bit. I'm going to throw the defense out there. And whoever had the guts to play the Tennessee Titans defense versus the Kansas City Chiefs this past weekend, boy, you paid off in a big time. That Tennessee defense was lighting up the Chiefs. They had two turnovers. They were sacking Patrick Mahomes left and right, knocked them out of the game at one point. So, you know, belly up to that, that, that defense, Tennessee Titans. Absolutely. Cheers to that, <laughs> which uh, well, we'll get back to that performance. We have a couple questions from uh, listeners. Uh, Dan asked, this upcoming week, would you go with Cobb, Metcalf, or A.J. Green? Of course, Metcalf, scary with Geno Smith starting. Um, so it kind of brings up the question of would you you know, potentially go for a Cobb with uh, Devontae Adams out and uh, you know Lazard also out with COVID. So both those guys out with COVID. We don't know what the status of MBS is, but he didn't practice today, I don't believe. Um, so Cobb could be the de facto wide receiver one. Of course, A.J. Green's been getting consistent targets. Uh, so what do you guys think about that? I think it's a no-brainer. You play D.K. Metcalf versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. I know Gina Smith was kind of horrid this last game, but he did throw an 84-yard touchdown pass in that first pass of the game. So that's what D.K. is capable of doing anytime he's out there. Playing against a Jacksonville team that loves to have pace out there as well. You're going to have opportunities. You're going to have Geno Smith kind of having a bounce back, back, bounce back game. Um, I, I, I have to keep with DK Metcalf in this situation. Yeah, I don't think it's as much of a no brainer just because Geno Smith is uh, Geno Smith. Um, I, I just, I just don't like that offense without Russ. Um, obviously, so for me, I would just go with the six target man, AJ Green. You know that Aaron Rodgers is going to keep that team in the game. The more that the Cardinals are in the game, the more they're going to go to their weapons. A.J. Green is, you know, 1-2 with DeAndre Hopkins in that system right now. I would just go with him. I think I lean Metcalf, but I I, I got to bring up Cobb here just in that, you know, he has that history with Rodgers. Rodgers has to throw to somebody. Uh, this is going to be a game where you're going to need to put up points. I get that they have kind of kept things slow, and that's something they're going to need to do in this game to stay alive. However, um, you know, kind of, kind of difficult to not just play your stud in Metcalf, and I think that's where I, I ultimately yeah. lean, especially with that matchup against the Jaguars. Um, he also asks, would you play Herbert with confidence, Khalil Herbert? And I would say absolutely, uh, especially, uh, like I said, until mm-hmm. – I mean, until Montgomery's back, you have to play the kid. Yeah, it's not yeah. a great matchup, so I can understand some of the trepidation. Yeah. But right now, yeah, the, the Bears don't seem to care. The, the Bears don't seem to care about the score. They're going to run the ball regardless. So I do think that Herbert's a good play. 
Yeah, and the 49ers haven't been that great against the run this year. So it it's, you know, you go with what you got. And Khalil Herbert's, you know, he's working right now. And hopefully Matt Nagy won't be on the sideline. Unfortunately, it's due to COVID. But, you know, hopefully he'll be uh, away from the game plan this week. So, mm-hmm. All right, so we're going to move on to belly flops. And I told you that we would get back to it. Patrick Mahomes is definitely my top belly flop. Holy cow. Got me, what, like six points after – I mean, it was a lock for 30 points for week in, week out, almost every week this season, and then just drop a dud of six. I mean, yikes. That was not at all what you expect uh, for, from someone who in a, a super flex is probably the 101 in most uh, dynasty super flexes. Um, you know, can't have a six-point drop. <laughs> Justin. I hate I hate to be the guy who was lo- who uh, hits the low hanging fruit, but Justin Fields had negative points in some leagues. He had so I had a team, and unfortunately, I had to play him this week. I got negative one point eight seven points, guys. That's that's bizarre. Mm-hmm. You know, the only good part was I played against Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> there you go. Oh, uh, yeah, but, I mean, he was just getting sacked all day. He was making terrible decisions. Um, it that The Bears just made a premature decision to go after a quarterback when they weren't ready to make that move in their franchise. So, you know, now you're facing the repercussions of it, and now you're going to have a new coaching staff coming in, hopefully trying to save this project. Absolutely. It's yeah, so I'm another guy got burned by Patrick Mahomes this week as well. So I understand, yeah, that was not fun. And you did not expect that to happen versus that Titans defense. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to stick to the defensive theme for a second. I'm going to go with defenses super underachieved, at least on my team. And I was really surprised by this. That's the Carolina Panthers. Uh, the New York Giants had basically one healthy receiver out there. They were on a bunch of guys that he's got off the you know, practice squad, basically. And we're still able to move up and down that field on the Carolina Panthers. There's a little to no pressure on. Daniel Jones, despite having lack of weapons, Booker looked okay. It, the that Panthers defense isn't quite the same. I mean, Sam Darnold did have some turnovers, played really poorly, but man, that Panther defense definitely underachieved this past week. Yeah. Absolutely, <laughs> cannot. Uh, yeah, that that was a surprising outcome in that game. Certainly not what I expected. Um, that can move me on. Uh, same division at the very least to my second belly flop. Mike Davis has seemingly been completely supplanted by Cordero Patterson. Cordero Patterson, as we know, um, having a phenomenal year this year after being pretty much just a special teams God uh, for, you know, most of his career, but completely worthless on the actual offensive side of the ball on what the bears, the Patriots, the Vikings, nobody could get him to work really on the offensive side of the ball. He had to have a game here or two as a gadget player or whatever. Um, but not really any type of consistent production. Um, he seems to be that dude in Atlanta, and that's at the detriment of Mike Davis, who got four carries for 10 yards this past game. Um, honestly, another showing like that next week, and I think you, you can safely drop Mike Davis, which we'll get to later, but throwing it out there. Just real quick, you know, he had 60% of the snaps on that game too and still was somehow not involved at all. Yeah, which is the only reason I don't know if you necessarily go out and drop him today. But, I mean, if, you know, if the usage stays like that, regardless of the snaps, it, it just doesn't matter. Yeah, I got burned with it. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Yeah. 
Um, so my second is uh, my boy, Brandon Ayuk. Um, I don't know what's wrong with you, kid, but uh, you got to get back to the the strong mentality you had last year where you were kicking butt. Um, yeah, this, this whole 49er offense was kind of underwhelming other than Debo Samuel, but Brandon Ayuk was absolutely, you know, wow. I think he only ran 16 routes. Um, it was a rainstorm, but, you know, still, you know, when they put you out there, and you're already in the doghouse, you've got to kind of achieve something. And then, you know, he fumbled. He just about lost in the ball in the wrong spot. You know, luckily the rule called it a myth punt. And then um, he ended up going in the back of the end zone for a touchback. But, yeah, it was uh, it was a bad day for him. Yeah, I'll tell you his issue. His name is Kyle Shanahan. Um, but yeah. I, think for, I think for me, the other belly of flop, I'm going to have to go with is going to be that Allen Robinson. I sat here last week and kind of stuck my neck out for Allen Robinson and said, go get him. That was a complete dud. I don't know how you can be trailing 35 points at halftime and still not get any kind of garbage time points, still not get any kind of yardage. It was just an atrocity out there. Justin Fields was a big part of that problem. I mean, people jumped to Justin Fields' you know, bandwagon early. He needs to play, needs to play, needs to play. Maybe the guy wasn't quite ready to play. I hate Matt Nagy, but maybe he wasn't totally wrong on this one. Yep, they can both be both be correct. <laughs> yeah. All right, so we are going to go ahead and move on to some of our top takes uh, from our, the week, our key take, takes from the week. And we can kind of flip this around and start with you, Chris. Go the other way. So my top take is actually building off of something that Justin was kind of touching upon. And that's what's going on in the San Francisco 49ers. This offense was supposed to be one of the top offenses coming into the year. They have yet to score 20 points over the last six games. They continue to struggle at home. So for betting purposes, every time they play at home, bet against them. Um, but, I mean, this team is just really underachieving. And offensively, you can't depend on anybody but Debo Samuel. Even Elijah Mitchell, who's involved and had a good game, you're still worried about him because you've seen his usage kind of get you know, sporadic for times at times as well. So, you know, Wilson coming back in about two weeks. It's going to get really interesting to see if anybody's actually roster-worthy for this 49er offense other than Debo Samuel moving forward. Yeah, I think you always you just keep Mitchell because, I mean, when running backs are so scarce already, you can't let that go. Um, so my take was Rashad Bateman looks like he's going to be a big threat come like second half of this year. Uh, he came off of a three catch, eighty yard game, and he really looked like you know if this offense was more functional, like during that game, he could have done a lot more damage. Um, Bet Fred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Bet Fred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Bets Off. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. He's somebody that, once again, I'm going to mention later on in the show. But, you know, this is a guy that you kind of need on your roster. 
Um, he's somebody who can take the place if you make a trade for a running back and you trade a wide receiver. He's somebody who can right there take your place of that wide receiver you just traded. Absolutely. All right, guys. So my take, and you know, I, I'm our, our resident. Uh, just will get into it too, but I, I, you know, big on the dynasty side of things. And my take is over there. It's time. It's time to decide whether you're pushing all the chips in with your team and you're going for it, or if you're this is a rebuilding year and you need to move on from some, some things. It's time to make that decision. You can't live off of being that median team. That's not where you want to be. The worst team in the league will be the team that finishes sixth. <laughs> not, not the team that finishes the bottom, because at least they have a future, assuming they still have their picks. The team that finishes sixth and is the middle of all the draft rounds and is holding on to these veterans that are going to keep getting worse, that's where the problems lie. Don't be that team. It, you know, It's time to make just make a real decision, and it's going to be subjective in every league. There are three and four teams that have the right rosters to just – Hey, I'm get, I need to make some moves, but I'm going to put the metal, pedal to the metal and go for it, right? Say you took a loss uh, because of Patrick Mahomes this week. That doesn't mean you're not a contender. You could still go for it. It's not about record within reason, obviously. A one and five or whatever team isn't going to go for it. But within reason, you know, it's be honest with yourself about your team's makeup. If you're not going to be able to go for it this season, then don't go for it. I have a four and three team that I know just it's not going to happen. It, it, and I don't want to be that middle of the pack team going into draft season. So it's time to start cutting ties with people like, you know, if you're you're a losing team, it's time to start cutting ties with people like James Robinson or uh, David Montgomery or, you know, some of these older receivers or running backs, especially, um, you know, just again, be honest with yourself about your roster evaluations and make a conscious decision this week. Am I a contender? Or is this a rebuilding year? All right, guys. So unless we have uh, any more key takes, um, we can move on to some roster moves, which we'll call kind of follow along with those takes, uh, I would imagine. All right. So I'll hit uh, some waiver wire suggestions. Um, I'm going to start with a redraft one. Um you know, if you're in a desperate situation, the buys aren't as bad this week, but injuries are ever-present, of course. I, I really don't like renting Cobb for the week. Um, you know, he's got a, a Rappaport with uh, with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, hasn't shown up much this season, but if it's ever going to show up, it's going to show up this week. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's less about Cobb's talent and more about the fact that someone is going to get some kind of passing volume, and the only other – really option for me like mentally is does Aaron Jones have a Kamara type week like what Kamara just had or is Tanya this great weapon for a week um mm. you know those are the only other guys that I really see as options to get a big role um and you know both of those kind of have their flaws so I'm just going to lean into Cobb for the week I think nice nice um so my word of advice for this week on waivers is um, I've seen this in quite a few leagues. People last week were dropping, you know, the guys that were on the buys, the Jaguars, you know, some Vikings, you know, those were some good teams, you know, Cowboys and, and Chargers. Those are some good teams and they were dropping players that they felt weren't incremental to their roster. 
But some of them were coming off of good weeks. You can look at K.J. Osborne, who came off a six-reception week with 90 yards and touchdown. You can look at you know Marvin Jones, who came off an, another touchdown performance himself. These are the type of guys that you could probably find out there. Go put in a claim, and they can you know be an, a flex in your roster um, rather than you know having to score the earth for the Khalif Raymonds and you know the Kendrick Bournes of the world, which aren't bad options. But obviously, if you can get somebody like a Marvin Jones, who's a number one, number two in his offense, or you can get a KJ Osborne, who has just been electric when Dalvin Cook's been on the offense. Um, yeah, it's it's a significant upgrade from those guys for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think that one of the people we can look to add for a waiver, particularly if you're just looking for like a week or two run, although he has to buy next week, will be Boston Scott. Um, I think the, you know, the Miles Sanders injury is going to open up opportunity for this guy. Not a huge fan of Boston Scott in general, but he will be involved both in the passing and rushing game. There was a conscious effort by the Eagles to actually try to run the ball shockingly, but the Miles Sanders got hurt. So that seemed to kind of, you know, dissipate over the game for digressed, but they are playing the Detroit Lions. The Lions had come up kind of an emotional high playing against the Rams. Think that their rush defense has been kind of porous at best. You can definitely attack their linebackers with your running back. So Boston Scott to me is a guy you may add this week on your waivers. I don't hate it at all. My next one will be kind of on the, the dynasty side of things. I mean, especially if you've got a deep roster, throwing in a, a waiver claim on Jamal Agnew is definitely a move that I like. Mm-hmm. Um, he's gotten good, um, you know, he's, he's gotten good targets the last two times they played. Of course, they had a bye last week, but I think it was like a seven, six targets back to back. You know, it, he seems to be kind of locked into a position due, just due to injury. Uh, you know, we know he's a playmaker with the ball in his hands. You have to be creative to get the ball into his hands because he's not a natural receiver. That being said, they seem to be, you know, using him in the, the role that uh, many expected for LaVisca Chanel, of being that kind of gadgety player. And while that typically uh, doesn't, you know, make for much fantasy success, uh, just because of the volume of receptions he's getting, he's, at least in PPR, is developing a nice little floor for himself. I like that a lot. Um, I would say... If I'm going to make a dynasty pick on this one, I would say maybe go Jamichael Hasty from the 49ers. He did hop right back into his role as the third down guy. Um, he played predominantly in the third down running back role. So hopefully that means, you know, maybe they'll be throwing it out to him a little bit more if it wasn't a rainstorm. Um, he's obviously somebody who can help you in PPR. Uh, yeah, it's just it's a good waiver to get. It's a good stash to have. You know, he's an explosive player. He seemed to have gotten a little bit more poundage on him. He was a little bit more powerful in uh, preseason. But, uh, yeah. Awesome, awesome. So, so, for me, Jess was kind of talking about people dropping people over the last couple of weeks, depending on buy situations. But Kenyon Drake's going to have a buy situation this week. So, if somebody didn't pick him up last week, I think this is time to add him to your roster to have as for the stretch run. Um, I think he's going to be involved in this offense. And you have Jacobs have kind of history of being banged up. He's been banged up several times this year already. I think Drake's kind of showing that he's going to be that backup, unlike we saw kind of earlier in the season with John Gruden there. And he seemed to actually have a role in mind for this guy. So I think he's somebody that you can kind of add to your roster backfield. Now he's going to be somebody you want to play every week, but somebody you can probably depend on matchups and kind of look for, especially as insurance for Jacobs. Yeah, I, I like that. All right, so we can move on to some uh, trade-related suggestions. And we've talked about the Niners 
a lot so far tonight. Um, well, actually, no, we have drops first. Sorry, my, my bad. Uh, like I said earlier, I think we're one week away from making a, a decision and even in redraft about um, Mike Davis on potentially dropping him. Um, if he gets usage similar, similar to last week, um, I mean, this was, it's not like this was a, a blowout. This was a close game and he got four carries. Uh, you know, I, a, a game they had the lead at points, actually. Um, so, yeah, I'm not at all uh, going to hold on to him for too long. He's not someone who I was ever on to because of talent. He was someone I was on to if I had him because of volume. If he's not getting the volume, then he has zero value. Yeah. Um, so if I'm dropping anybody right now, I'm I'm cutting the Brandon Ayuk experiment and redraft. Um, if you're holding on to him, I was holding on to him at one point too. It, it's hard to do it because you're like, oh, this guy has so much potential, but he's obviously not reaching his potential. And he's obviously in the doghouse. He's not getting enough, you know, targets his direction. So it's just better to to cut your losses. If he booms off later in the year. Well, then, you know, whatever. Maybe you can put in a waiver claim for him later. But as of right now, you got to win and you got to find somebody who can be a good spot start or a good flex play for the rest of the season. So, you know, just get rid of the guy who's kind of lingering on the bench. You're just wanting to, you're holding them, hoping that he gets good. Well, just kind of be realistic with yourself. It's week eight and he hasn't shown anything. So just cut him. And like I said, if he gets good later on, you can go get him. Yeah, my pickup's going to be somebody I think that can definitely help you with standard. I mean, I'm sorry, in redraft leagues, but also possibly Donacy. I don't plan to play Donacy like these two gentlemen do, but I think I have a clue about who you want in the future. And that guy for me is T. Higgins. I think T. Higgins has mm-hmm. hasn't really produced the numbers you're looking for the last couple of games. However, he's been heavily involved and heavily targeted as teams kind of focus more and more on Jamar Chase. He's going to continue to see a lot of one-on-one coverage. And it's clear that he's the second choice in his passing game. You know, we talked about the tight end being involved, but that's just to kind of pointed out that's the fourth guy who's kind of involved in this passing offense. It's not really going to be Tyler Boyd moving forward. It's going to be Higgins and Chase, and I think they pair well, really well with each other, both now and in the future. Yeah, to, to your point, Uzoma, I think, caught all of his targets. He had three targets for the, the 90-whatever yards. It uh, was not like he was getting crazy usage. Um, you just made the most of it. Um Higgins, on the other hand, was getting wild usage. All right. So 15 I, targets. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I, I uh, jumped the gun early, but now we are actually going to move on to some uh, trade advice. Um, so I, I kind of, for myself, grouped this into uh, to my, my earlier point. If you are, I have uh, an option for redraft, an option for if you're a dynasty contender, and an option if you are in a dynasty rebuild. Um, so as far as a redraft one, if I have Elijah Mitchell on a roster. I'm at least gauging the market for him now. Um, you know, there's a lot of factors that are going to, that could pop up to hurt him moving forward. I feel really confident in him this upcoming week, um, but things can fall apart really quick. Say Jeff Wilson comes back and takes his normal share. Say they move on from Garoppolo. Well, then Trey Lance starts cutting into things. Uh, you know, with Jimmy G as the starter and with Elijah Mitchell as the sole uh, first and second down back, I, he's great. He's an I- ideal fantasy option. He's, you know, a high-end RB2 almost. Uh, but that can be taken from him so, so quick. 
and you just that's the type of thing that will tear apart a run towards the end of the season uh, if it happens. And if the 49ers keep trending in the direction that they are trending in, then it'll be time to give uh, Trey Lance more live reps uh, sooner rather than later, um, which will lead to that demise of an Elijah Mitchell. Um, so I'm at least gauging the market at this point. I don't know if I'm desperate to make a move right this second. I'm at least starting to test out the waters with him. Um, so I want to read you guys something real quick. Um, so my pick is for people to go get Antonio Gibson. Antonio Gibson has kind of been falling off. You know, as he hasn't had that great of games. Uh, they've been a lot of close games, so they've been, you know, rolling with the the passing game but here's who antonio gibson has to play in the next couple weeks well for the rest of the season he has to play the eagles twice the raiders the giants the cowboys twice the panthers the broncos and the bucks so out of all those teams as of lately the only team i would say is probably you know a bad matchup for him would be the bucks as far as purely just a run game perspective from it every other team there holds a defense that is – well, I mean, so the Eagles, the Raiders, the Giants, and the Seahawks hold a defense in the bottom 10 against opposing rushers. So that, to me, screams like, you know, go get this guy. They'll figure it out with him, and he's going to figure it out later on in the season. But he's going to be somebody who's going to be there for your championship push. You know, and you can get him for the cheap right now because you can get him off of the basis that he's kind of like, you know, not putting up as much numbers right now. He's not doing the Antonio Gibson that he was last year. You know, he has the injury, you know, lingering. But, you know, if you want to if you're in a situation where you're five and two and you're really trying to make that final push, maybe you need like a last insurance running back and you have a stable of wide receivers. Go trade somebody for Antonio Gibson. I don't think you're going to regret it. I think he's going to start putting up numbers, and I think he's going to be great for playoff pushes. So for me, I, I there's just two things in my mind. One, I, I mean, Allen Robinson to me pretty much was very disappointing, and I think it might be time to cut bait. I still have a little, little fate of hope, so I wouldn't maybe unload that guy yet. But a guy I definitely would unload for sure is Josh Gordon. I saw a lot of people jump on Josh Gordon when he first was, you know, announced he's coming back. This idea that he's going to be the second receiver in this Chiefs offense at some point is not going to happen. The Chiefs offense is struggling enough to support their own guys. Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey weren't producing like you kind of expect them to. They saw Patrick Mahomes really struggle this past week. Don't hold on to Josh Gordon and waste his roster spot right now. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. All right, so for a – why? Why do people always like they get on the Josh Gordon bandwagon? Like Seattle this year goes like he's, he's, he's back. This is the year, and then pff, nothing. Yeah, right. Like yeah. he's really done anything since 2013. You <laughs> get off of it, guys. It's been eight freaking years since this guy's rookie year. Hey, this this, one's <laughs> the next, this next time, next time, next yeah, time's the time. Next. All right. Um, so here's a, a trade option if you are a dynasty contender. Um, Here's two for the sake of time, actually. Michael Thomas and Cordero Patterson, both out of the NFC South, are great options if you are a dynasty contender to go by and help you in your championship push. Um, you know, if, if you're a non-contender, then Cordero Patterson probably doesn't hold a ton of value because, let's face it, there's the idea that he's a long-term back as a 30-year-old that's been a gadget player up until this point. Probably not very high, but, man, he is 
very valuable for this season and this season only at the very least. Um, you know, he may jump into receiving back role afterwards, but he's not going to get the kind of usage he's getting right now ever again, more than likely. Um, if you know, so if you need someone for your push, uh, especially in dynasty, that's a guy who, if the price is right, then go get him. Uh, same with Michael Thomas, you know, after this most recent, uh, I don't want to say setback because I don't know that a setback actually happened, but a lot of people expected him to be playing uh, last night. Um, obviously, that didn't happen. We don't know when we'll get to see him um, with that frustration continuing to mount. Go get the guy. He'll help you in your playoff push. Yeah, I, I didn't like Jameis at all last night. It was it was pretty bad. Um, Michael Thomas hopefully will help that out for sure. Uh, so my guy is for dynasty. I want to say, go get Rashad Bateman. If you need to rebuild because it's a, it's kind of like a win-win situation with Rashad Bateman. Like you're going to be getting him directly off of, you know, a week where he proved that he can be good, but at the same time, his price isn't driven up like Jamar chases. Like, have you guys, Talk to people who own Jamar Chase in your leagues. Like their price is out of this freaking world for the guy. Yeah, he's he seems to be the de facto dynasty wide receiver one right now. Exactly. So like people are like, I want like half your haul. I had one guy tell me, I want Michael Pittman, Chase Claypool, and DeAndre Swift. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's only 30 points a game right there for for Chase, you know? Like I, I'm giving up like maybe 60 plus points for that. But, um, you know, it, it's it, it's crazy. But I think Rashad Bateman has a chance to be, you know, along the lines of Jamar Chase and maybe even the second best dynasty option, you know, later on. And you could probably get him for, you know, a little bit cheaper if you're – if like Adam was saying, if you're kind of trying to sell off your team to get a little bit younger, you can maybe sell off – a really good running back, say like maybe like a Aaron Jones, somebody who you don't need long term on your team, but you can help somebody else's team get a first round pick and Rashad Bateman back. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I'll go with a quick two as well. Uh, one of them I think you can applies for standard. I mean, sorry for, sorry for redraft and dynasty, and let's get your hands on Carson Wentz sooner than later. I think Carson Wentz showed you what you want to see. He looks healthy. He looks like he can move around again back there. This Colts offense can be explosive once they add a playmaker to T.Y. Hilton. You saw just having that one game where he gave Carson Wentz. I think his future looks bright. This offensive line is getting healthier. They're starting to kind of figure out what he's comfortable with. And I think there's a lot of bright things working for him. You know, redraft leagues, maybe you still do a QB2 for you, kind of a guy you can rotate in as needed. But for dynasty-wise, I think people forgot about this guy. I think he's going to be getting back, kind of around back in the form. I think he's got a great fit there with on the Colts for him. And I think they're going to add a lot of playmakers with the free agency money they have available to the next year. And then real quick, my other thing is to kind of keep your eye out just on the Jets guys in general. I know the Jets guys are all underachieving Zach Wilson, uh, Carter, um, Elijah Moore. A lot of these guys are kind of being disappointments this year and haven't really produced in, in redraft leagues. But I think dynasty-wise, now Adam can speak to more to this, or you know, so you can you, Justin. But I think now's the time to buy on these guys. And if you see the talents there, Coaching hasn't really been there. The continuity hasn't really been there. But I'd buy low if I can get these guys from pennies on the dollar because they're going to pay off long-term for you. Carter looked killer, to your point, Chris. Carter really looked killer in that game against New England. I mean, I know it was, you know, negative game script at that point. He was just playing garbage time. But he looked like a good freaking passing option at that point or receiving option at that point. Um, 
but yeah, I, I think that that's a great point. Go out and get all these skill guys from the Jets. I don't know if I want to get Zach Wilson just yet, though, because he looks like he's going to have a lot of problems going forward. But see, I think he's got a lot of talent, and I think they, that you can see that. I think it's a matter of him kind of getting adjusted to the NFL and kind of the timing and things along those lines. Also, I think the offense is like not really doing a lot of favors in general. But they haven't yeah. backed in. They haven't really utilized their weapons. They're not giving them mims out there. So I think you look at Zach Wilson, what you do can you can see with your own eyes is that this guy can make every throw on the field. That many quarterbacks can claim that. And you put him in the right, in the right time. I'll, uh, Josh Allen, kind of his rookie year, look, the stats very similar. Um, and I think that's where you don't want to write off Zach Wilson quite yet. Yeah, if you can get him for cheap, absolutely go do it. And certainly hold on to him if you have him. But he's definitely not built like Josh Allen, to be honest with you. And that's kind of like – so my only point is I know he's got all the talent. You know, he is – you know, he's the number two pick for a reason. But here's the thing. Like when you have a team that's not giving you anything and you have a line that's just absolutely letting everybody just murder you, talent at some point, you know, goes away because if it gets wasted in a – unfortunately – you know, a town like the Jets, you know, a team like the Jets, talent can get wasted there. You know, we've seen time and time again where, like, good players come into the league. You think they're going to be freaking major superstars, and then next thing you know, they're gone because of injury. Totally agree with you. The only thing difference for me is this is similar to the Cleveland Brown situation. I look at it. They have so much draft capital, particularly two number ones this upcoming year. They have over more $90 million in free agency money next year. They're going to be able to upgrade. And remember, Mikel Becton hasn't played most of the season. So you get a healthy Becton, you have a Tucker Lecter, you add a lineman or two in the draft or even some free agency. This offense can be solidified pretty quickly. And above all, they just need some actual plan on offense. Their coaching staff has been horrendous this year, but we've seen other co- coordinators struggle their first year. And I think that's the thing to kind of keep in mind. All these guys are young. These are all the coaches' first year, so you have everything kind of lining up against them in a lot of ways that just the right thing here or there could change their fortunes big time. Definitely. Definitely yeah. agree. Definitely agree there. Um, so I'm going to rattle off some names uh, that if I'm a dynasty team that's rebuilding, uh, and only one of them I'm going to give any really detail on, uh, but I'm just going to rattle off some names that I'm interested in uh, as a rebuilding out, uh, dynasty team, Allen Robinson, Tutu Atwell, Amari Rogers, Kenny Gainwell, Patrick Freermuth. And the one of those that sticks out and why I'm going to actually speak to him a little bit, Allen Robinson is obviously much older than all those other guys. I think every other one of those guys you just mentioned is a rookie. Uh, whereas Allen Robinson, vet. Now receivers have a little bit longer on the lifespan. If you're a rebuilding team in Dynasty, there's really no reason to rebuild past like three years max. Anything past that, you're wasting your money. Um, there's just no point in doing it. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. 
Fred is known in the UK for three things. Customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Allen Robinson has every right to still be a very good player in three years. You can get him for almost nothing right now because he provides – he's an older name, so most um, you know most other teams that are rebuilding aren't going to go after him. You're going to be kind of in the minority there. And most contenders are kind of off of him too because you don't see that you know pathway to being successful because it's a you – know, he's this guy that's been quarterback-proof his entire career and has managed to not be Justin Fields, Matt Nagy-proof. Um, but at the end of the day, he's a talented guy, and he is very, very, very likely to not be in Chicago after this season. I would almost guarantee that he won't be in Chicago after this season. And so just think to yourself, am I willing to throw a, a dynasty second rounder at the potential for Allen Robinson to be the new wide receiver one for Carson Wentz or, you know, one of these other guys maybe, you know, paired up with uh, – you know, Michael Thomas in New Orleans or any of these others really good mm-hmm. options. Um, you know, there's a lot of places that would be really, really nice to see him out, see him at where he could be a, a wide receiver one in a much better situation. I think he is the type of person he's now been on the Jaguars and the Bears. I think at this point he wants to go to a winning franchise. So I wouldn't be worried about that side of things. He's made his money. I think that was the point of his deal to go to Chicago. Now it's time to go win. You do that with the quarterback. I think he's going to go somewhere where he can really, you know, put up some numbers. Yeah, definitely. All right. So if either of you have any uh, last, uh, any transaction stuff, we can hit it here. I, w- I would say maybe, oh, sorry. No, go I would say maybe just go get Darnell Mooney. Um, he's going to be the long-term guy in Chicago, and he does look like he has the potential to be a wide receiver one out there. He seems to be the only person that has chemistry out there with uh, Justin Fields, so he could be a a good dynasty long-term buy. Um, Like you were saying, Adam, you always want to kind of just have a a picture of about three years from now. Darnell Mm -hmm. Mooney, three years from now, I think will only be about 26, so he's got some potential. Yeah, absolutely. I like it. All right, so we are going to move on to our previewing for the upcoming slate of games. Uh, Before we do that, we have a quick word from our sponsor in MyBookie, who's promoting the NBA lock of the season. What is a lock? A lock, simply put, is a bet that you can't lose. And with MyBookie, you can't lose with the NBA lock of the season. When you bet on either team to score between the Dallas Mavericks or the Denver Nuggets this Friday, you win. An NBA game has never gone scoreless, so you know this is a sure bet. Place your bet. They score. You win money. It's that easy. Get paid Friday. Wake up Saturday and throw down on UFC 267 or NFL Sunday. Uh, This weekend, MyBookie is also giving all users a $100 risk-free wager on the light heavyweight championship fight between Jean Blackowicz and Glover Texiera. So don't wait. Head to mybookie.ag and use promo code BELLYUPFANTASY and get in on the NBA lock of the season. That's promo code BELLYUPFANTASY, and it's a lock. Get your season started with a win 
thank me later. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. All right, so like I said, we are going to head in to um, a preview of the games uh, of the upcoming slate. Obviously, we're going to start that off with Thursday Night Football with that, you know, coming up soon. Uh, so, Chris, we'll, we'll start off with you on your, your take on the Packers versus Arizona. So, I know there's a lot of discussion among the Green Bay side, particularly who's going to be that number one receiver, who do you play. In my opinion, don't target the receivers. A.J. Dillon's going to be that extra guy. I think it's going to be Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon going to be heavily involved in the passing game. I think you're going to see this team really use, utilize them a lot. I think, you know, you talk about Green Bay needing the kind of score, but they do try to play a, smaller, a slower pace. I think you're going to see Cobb sprinkled in. I wouldn't necessarily love Tanyan. Uh, the guy I was definitely big on coming into this year, but one of the things that's happened is their offensive line is so banged up, they're asking them to stay in and block a lot more often, and you're playing against a front four that has a J.J. Watt. So as a team that you're probably going to see him kind of staying back in and trying to help out. Aaron Rodgers definitely had a lot of pressure last week versus Washington. Um, so I think that you look overall – you, you want to kind of focus on those running backs or the guys that kind of, for me, are going to be the ones who step up more so than finding a receiver and, you know, kind of standing out in that receiving core. Um, on the Arizona side, I think you, you continue to play DeAndre Hopkins, of course. You love, you have, to me, the guy to have is Chase Edmonds this week. I think the Green Bay showing they are really slow in a second, slow in the linebacker position. Then you can attack them. Then you can actually utilize your running backs out of the, out of the backfield. And Chase Edmonds is that pass catcher. I know Connor has a chance to kind of be that guy because he can get the red zone touchdowns and he can get you some cheap yards here or there. But I think this game's going to be closer. I don't think it's going to be a blowout in any kind of capacity. So for me, Edmonds is the guy who I like a little bit more. Connor does have some, you know, you still have one in your lineup because he's probably going to fall into a touchdown. Kyler's Kyler. Um, you're kind of interested to see that with him not running around as much. He hasn't been quite worth the four people probably drafted him at. Um, but he's going to he should be productive this week. And a receiver core, you're a little bit interested in. You know, Hopkins is great. AJ's the sixth target guy, as you know, Justin pointed it out. You probably can ride him. But those slot receivers, it's just like a hit or miss. Rondo Moore is due, but Christian Kirk could have it be due. So it's just kind of really interesting to see. I can't tell you to play one or the other because both of my great matchups, you just don't know who their offense is going to feature this week. Yeah, I agree with a lot of that. Um, Justin, I just want to hear your thoughts on the matter. Between Connor and Edmonds, who, who do you think will score more? I think we're probably in agreement that uh, you know, they're both decent flex plays for the week. Um, but they just throw out a wild guess. Which one do you think will score more this week? Oh, well, it looks like Justin is frozen. <laughs> so, uh, Let's get that serious face going. Oh, yeah. Uh, Chris, who do, you, who do you like more between the two? It seemed like potentially it was well, Edmonds. Like I said, I like Edmonds more. So I, like, I go with the explosive guys more typically. But I also think Green Bay's – really built to be kind of more a physical team with defense where they can maybe stop a Connor who doesn't have the most explosive speed anymore. But Chase Edmonds is going to be a torture for them, particularly their slow linebackers, and I think you can really pick them apart in the backfield. Yeah. Sorry, um, guys. The wind knocked out my Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. Yeah, we had you frozen on screen there uh, for a moment. Uh, I was asking. I got my answer from Chris, and I'll get it from you. Who do you think between Edmonds or uh, Connor would be the the you know better play this week? Now, like I said, uh, I I think they're both probably in that flex category. I, I think both of them are playable this week. Um, but if you're just had to guess, who do you think would score more? Um, you know, it would definitely be like 
obviously a difference in the format, a difference in format. Um, I, I think this game is going to be kind of like a higher scoring game. But I also think it could be a maybe a slower pace game. So it could be Connor having, you know, a decent game, but I'm going to lean more Edmonds. I'm going to lean more Edmonds just because I like the upside that Edmonds brings to every single game. For Connor, it seems like he has to score the touchdown in order to have a successful game. I mean, last week, if he didn't score that 18-yard touchdown, he was just going to have 46 yards, you know, and it was against a, a poor team, a poor Houston team. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Edmonds because Edmonds just always kind of brings that upside with the pass-catching ability. Well, let me tell you, the um, the James Car- Connor uh, rushing yards over prop was not as much of a lock as I expected it to be. It hit, it hit, but I was very scared going to, towards the end of there. Uh, certainly expected that game script to be a lot different than it was. Um, but I, I'm with you guys. I like Edmonds a lot this week. So full disclosure, I did think Connor was going to go off last week. I thought the game yeah. script was in his favor last week. Um, so take what I say about Edmonds being the guy this week with a grain of salt. Uh, but yeah, I'm definitely on Edmonds this week. Hey, he was on my start list last week. <laughs> he barely came through for me. I was like, I was like, oh no, he's not gonna come through. <laughs> oh god. Um, I actually want to throw this out there. Uh, Mercedes Lewis has been making kind of like little spot starts here and there. He got three targets last week. Um, you know, obviously with your one and two gone for this week, what do you guys think? You know, Chris made a point of Bob Tunyon being more in for the rushing game. Do you think this kind of opens up more Mercedes Lewis, you know, down the middle? Do you think maybe he becomes kind of like a goal line type threat, you know, if they need him in the red zone? What what are you guys thinking on, on that? And do you, and do you think he would be worth a waiver (laughs) in this uh, terrible week for the Packers? For me, no. I mean, the only way I would play Mercedes Lewis in any of my lineups would be a DPS lineup if I was trying to get every other player on my my team into the lineup. Um, for me, I think this guy, basically praying the God for a touchdown. Otherwise, he's going to be pretty much invaluable, I, I believe. I don't think he's going to be involved enough in this yeah. offense. We haven't really seen anybody be featured. Randall Cobb had a decent game like in week two. Uh, Lazard had a good game last week. Um, so I think it's more opposite that you're going to see the running backs and one of those receivers kind of be more involved. But I don't really see Mercedes Lewis being that guy. He could fall into a touchdown, but I think that's when I would just close my eyes and pray. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I would tend to agree. Now, if I was going, um, you know, with a, a high upside parlay, a Mercedes Lewis anytime touchdown, there's worse things you could do, uh, especially with the situation. Aaron does seem to like the guy. Uh, so, you yeah, know, there's worse things you could do just for the upside because uh, I'm sure the odds of that are outrageous. But, um yeah, I'm not um, certainly not banking on it uh, for fantasy purposes or even for that. Yeah, I was kind of I was kind of feeling the same way, but I looked it up because I had heard his name come up, and I was just like, "Oh shoot!" He's Wonder so if he's like still functional out there. Shane Lewis lives. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that guy's got to be what like 13 years in the league, and oh, yeah. even more probably. Former Jaguar going strong. (laughs) All right. So we can move on to Tennessee uh, and Indiana, uh, the Indianapolis Colts. Um, 
it's kind of hard to gauge this game based on the last game because a lot of key players, especially fantasy-wise, just weren't playing. So this is when we still had uh, Carson two sprains. Uh, he had both his sprained ankles uh, for this game, and it was... Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. I thought this past week was not his best, but that the Tennessee game was by far his worst this season. It is not close. Um, and it was just, I mean, it was his game functions on, at least to an extent, on mobility. He had zero. Um, so, uh, yeah, it just wasn't a good game for him. So I'm not, there's nothing you can really take from that because he doesn't have that injury, at least to the same extent uh, anymore. Now, A.J. Brown and Julio Jones both, I think A.J. Brown never played and Julio got knocked out early or some variation of that. I know neither of them finished the game um, is the point, I guess. Um, so, so it's just hard to take much of a takeaway. Uh, Derek Henry had nearly 30 carries, but that's literally, literally every week. Um, he only had, only had four yards per carry, so it was his 30 carries for like 129 yards, I think. Um so, <laughs> I don't know. It's hard. I mean, to that's a down week. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I guess the only thing I would really say is to keep an eye on uh, keep an eye on Pittman or not Pittman. Sorry, Hilton uh, coming back this week. Just you know, gauge uh, that one. Yeah, for There's me, if Hilton, if Hilton is healthy, I'm definitely going. Uh, Carson Wentz in this game. I liked what I saw. I mean, I know it was raining. He didn't throw the greatest balls, a couple of interceptions, but he ran and he wasn't afraid to run. And that to me, and, and that kind of acclimate in this weather means he wasn't afraid of getting hurt. And that's all I want to see in Carson Wentz. I want to see him not be afraid to get hurt. I want to see him using his legs. And I don't believe in his Tennessee Titans defense. I think that was more of a byproduct of the Chiefs offense. This really has not adapted this year. And we talked about it early in a couple of shows where Andy Reid to me and Eric Bieniemy have gotten lazy. They're not jet sweeping. They're not motioning guys. They're not moving guys around. They're not trying to create anything. They're trying to put it all Patrick Mahomes and then blame him for turning the ball over. To me, this Titans defense is only like third or fourth corner right now on the outside. They have decent pass rush, but that's about it. And I think the Colts have a chance to kind of blow up in this game. I think this is kind of their bounce back game and their get right game where they can get right back into the playoff hunt and the division hunt in a lot of ways if they can pull this game out. I like what I saw. T.Y. Hilton's out there. I love Carson Wentz. I'd play T.Y. I think Pittman's actually showed he's going to be the normal receiver probably moving forward for this offense. You'd like that, you know, Wentz isn't afraid to throw them a jump ball. Jonathan Taylor obviously is going to be a beast out there. I love that he's becoming their RB1, clear RB1 for this offense. And on the flip side, Tennessee talked about the receivers. I think AJ is definite go. Julio's a guy that's hard for me to kind of play out there because I just never feel like I can trust him. Is he going to get hurt by, you know, by the second snap of the game? He could go off, but against this team, I don't know how much they really need him because you kind of seen lately they depend on Eric Henry and AJ Brown that's pretty much good enough for their passing game to kind of function and work enough for them. So Julio Jones is the kind of guy that if I have him, I'd probably consider playing him because of the matchup, but I'm not really super confident about it. And Ryan Tannehill is another guy where I think he had a nice week last week. I don't expect to have him a great game. I think the Colts defense is kind of getting a little bit back into shape. 
And I wouldn't be surprised if the Tennessee offense kind of struggles versus your defense this week. To your point, uh, even, you know, at the time, the Colts defense wasn't playing well, and he still threw two picks uh, in their first matchup. Also, Jonathan Taylor uh, was not getting used very much by this point, but still got his 10 carries for 63 yards to 6.3 yards per carry uh, Mm. in that first matchup. So he was efficient uh, with the little work he did get the last time around. Um, So you could definitely see a pathway with more opportunity for him to be really valuable this week. Yeah, I just wanted to add on real quick to what Chris was saying about their uh, the secondary being incredibly weak in Tennessee. Um, they currently allow the ninth most yards of twenty or most plays of forty yards or more, or of twenty yards or more. The fourth most of forty yards or more, which I think plays more into Hilton's game plan right there. Um, and they also have allowed the sixth most touchdowns and the fifth most yards to opposing receivers. You know. I think if you have a fully healthy T.Y. Hilton, you've got Michael Pittman, and then you've got Zach Pascal on the slot, you could easily tear up the secondary. And then on the flip side, the Colts have allowed the second fewest touchdowns to opposing running backs. Now, I'm not going to say it's going to slow down Derrick Henry, but, you know, if you can even put a little chink in that armor and, you know, maybe get a couple stops, at least don't let him be as dominant as he was, you know, the previous weeks. This is definitely a game the Colts can win. Um, I think Wentz is getting hot at the right time. He's been incredibly efficient with his uh, with his throws. He's thrown 11 touchdowns, only one interception. And like Chris said, like he's getting ballsy. He's finally running for a touchdown. You know what I mean? He's not, you know, he's not going to put up great numbers for fantasy. Like he's not going to, I don't think, be a QB1. But he's going to grit it out, and he's going to give you good QB2 numbers. So, yeah, I, I like Carson Wentz in this game. I also like Pittman. And Sneaky, I really like T.Y. Hilton in this in this game. I think that they can really go over the top on this secondary. To, your, to both of your points, uh, I, I, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I think Wentz's first half was ugly. Um, but for someone like him to come out in that second half and play really, really well after having an ugly first half where it seemed like, uh, for three or four drives in a row, he was doing everything in his power to give the Niners the ball to forget about that and play some very, very good football after that and to keep being confident in himself, keep trying to make plays, keep being aggressive after, you know, not doing it well a couple times. Um, you know, that shows me he's mentally strong, tough. He's mentally resilient. Uh, he's going to keep being aggressive, even if, you know, it, it's not a situation where he's going to throw one pick or have one fumble and he's just going to be uh, really conservative the rest of the game. He's going to keep going after it and, uh, you know, for both your deep threats like a Hilton and for him himself in fantasy, that's what you want to see. All right, so we can move on to um, an interesting game, I I would say, a a really interesting game, Um, one that I think could go strongly in one way but also could be pretty close, New England and the Chargers. Uh, Justin, do you want to start off here? Uh, yeah, so I think this is a – it's a back-to-reality game for Herbert and the Chargers. Um, so one matchup that's kind of been like off and on this year is receivers against J.C. Jackson. J.C. Jackson was supposedly this really like lockdown corner, but he's had off weeks. You know, he's had off weeks against elite receivers. Mike Evans, you know, he had even had a bad week against Devontae Parker in the first week. So – 
while he does, you know, have his games, I think going against the Keenan Allen and, you know, hopefully a, a very healthy Mike Williams could, this could be a matchup that kind of gets out of control real quick. On the flip side, I do like Damian Harris. Um, the Chargers have given up the third most rushing yards in the league. Um, they're just absolutely a joy to run on for, <laughs> for any opposing team. Um, and for the Chargers, I actually don't like this week against for Eckler. And the Patriots have been rather strong against the rush. While their secondary has usually been the, you know, the driving point of the defense, the secondary has kind of like gotten a little, taken a couple steps back, but the run defense has been really good. Um, you know, they got some good linebackers back there. Juwan Bentley's back there. Matthew Judon has been getting a lot of pressure. That's going to be something to take into this game. Matthew Judon's been all over the field. <clears throat> More importantly, he's been in opposing teams' backfields. So, you know, Justin Herbert's going to have to, you know, shake off the rust and get going with this one. Um, but, yeah, as far as this game goes, I think it's it has the chance to be back and forth, but something tells me it's going to lean more of the Chargers in this one. What do you guys think? Yeah, I'm definitely leaning the Chargers. I've just been kind of curious. Um, you know, they ha had a dud a couple weeks ago. Uh, want to see them bounce back. The Patriots, while they're just kind of in that fringe situation, right, where they're, yeah. uh, you know, a middle-of-the-pack team. They're not a pushover where I'm like, oh, this is an easy get-back game for the Chargers. Right. Um, you know, this is one where they, you know, they need to actually play well to get back. Um, but it is a team that they have the talent and they have the capabilities to go thrash. Um, so, it, you know, I, I, like it, I kind of alluded to early, I think this is a game that it could be, you know, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler, Justin Herbert all have these fantastic games. Or mm -hmm. it, it could be a little more low scoring, uh, you know, them just eking out a win. I, neither would really shock me. I just, you know, it's a game that I really uh, am excited to see from the Chargers standpoint to kind of gauge what kind of team they are. Yeah, I 100% agree with that sentiment. I mean, I look at this Chargers team, and a lot of people are really excited about their offense, especially Justin Herbert. You know, you kind of forget during his great rookie stretch last year, one of the worst games he had was versus New England's defense, which wasn't very healthy last year, excuse me, and wasn't quite as good on paper. Uh, they didn't have Matthew Judon, for example. You know, it's going to be really interesting to kind of see will they be able to game plan to kind of slow him down, all of the Ravens did. The Ravens have been horrendous in their secondary for most of the year, but they realized if we can get physical, make it make multiple reads, he kind of struggles with that. Can, you know, the Patriots kind of emulate that. Um, but I still kind of start the guys with confidence. I think he's to play Herbert because you, you, if you drafted him, you, you're playing him. Um, it should be, could be a good matchup for him. Mike Williams, he has to be a go. Keenan Allen to me is going to probably be the guy that you're going to like the most because I think he's going to be able to beat this secondary consistently. They lost their top slot corner who went on IR with uh, Jonathan Jones. Um, so they have kind of struggles in this Patriot defense overall. I think Keenan Allen will be a beneficiary. And I kind of differ, Justin. I think Austin Eckler is going to, that's the guy who I have the most confidence in in this game, actually. Austin Eckler, to me, is going to have a great game. I think he's a, a matchup problem for those linebackers. While I like them against the run, they're not really great against the pass. And this this Patriot defense has been okay versus the run. They haven't been just super. We talk about Michael Carter having a decent run. They've gotten run on from various teams, including we kind of watched what happened with Dallas. Um, and I think they were able to kind of stop Zeke, but they really struggled to apologize speed and quickness. So I think Eckler is going to be a problem for them. It's going to be really interesting to see on the offensive side what the Patriots do. Uh, I think they're going to run the ball. Obviously, this Chargers defense has not been able to stop anybody. So you start Harris with confidence. 
the key question is going to be, can you play one of those second running backs? Is, is Bolden is that guy now who's going to be splitting time? Um, is it going to be Rashad Stevenson again this week back in, back in the favor or not? It's kind of interesting for me. This is a game where you kind of watch to see who's active. And I wouldn't mind playing that second running back for the Patriots as an option in the flex because they've been productive pretty week in, week out, just haven't used on who it usually is right now. Um, <clears throat> the guys I kind of shy away from would be the outside receivers. I don't think Aguilar is a good play. The Chargers have been really good against the pass, particularly against number one receivers or teams on the outside. Um, so I think that's something you kind of keep your eye on. And Jacoby Myers, is, you know, he might be have a decent game, but I don't see a lot of upside for him. That Charger secondary is pretty decent. And I think that's where I kind of avoid any of the guys, the guys offensively is the receivers for the Patriots. Bet Fred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Bet Fred sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. So you're telling me this isn't going to be the week that Jacoby Myers gets a touchdown? It probably will be. And the guy's got to be due. I mean, he's so due, it's ridiculous. No, I feel bad. I have to actually feel bad. More due. Than... <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh, God. He's on that Michael Thomas pace. Yeah. Yeah. No right. kidding. <laughs> How do you guys feel about uh, Hunter Henry's? I don't think you can call it a revenge game because he left willingly. Oh, that's but... a good point. I think he's got a great match. We talked about their, how they struggle against running backs. They struggle against tight ends, and the charge is really bad. Hunter Henry's a great guy to bring up. I think he's so, an absolute play, especially with Janu Smith being injured. So there's no chance that, uh, that Jacoby Myers gets a touchdown because Hunter Henry's going <laughs> to continue his touchdown streak. <laughs> All right, so glad we cleared that up. Uh, only some touchdowns to go around in New England. <laughs> All right, um, so glad we got that game covered. Uh, let's hit up Tampa Bay, New Orleans, an NFC South division rivalry, one that I, I think we all fully expect Tampa Bay to run away with. Um, but what I will say is that if the wide receivers for the New Orleans Saints are ever, and I mean ever, going to do anything, this is the week for it to happen. I mean, this yeah. sec- one, the secondary stinks. Two, the run defense is fantastic. They're going to need to make up for the fact that they can't do anything on the ground. Of course, Alvin Kamara could just continue to be the wide receiver one like he was this past week. But otherwise, I mean, this is – Seattle was a really good matchup for them. This is like the best that they could possibly do as far as the receivers themselves to have a chance to do anything. Um, like, this is it. Like, if you can't do anything here, then you just probably don't belong, uh, to be honest with you, um, which seems like could be the case with a couple of these guys. I question whether or not a lot of these guys would be playing on any other teams. But nonetheless, 
they are playing and they're playing a bad secondary. Um, so I'm definitely interested to hear what you guys think there. Also, uh, Saints have had a pretty good defense. What do you think about guys like uh, Leonard Fournette? Or uh, especially, what about the tight end situation? Uh, I mean, that could be really interesting. The Saints have been pretty good against tight ends. So, you know, even whether or not Gronk comes back or not, do you play the, the tight end one of Tampa Bay, whether that's Gronk or O.J. Howard? Chris? Um, so, yeah, for me, I'm playing Gronk if he comes back healthy. I think that I'm not really worried about the Saints taking him away. They've been decent against tight ends because they haven't played really any good tight ends for the most part. Um, last year, they got torched at the tight end position. Michael Michael uh, Jenkins isn't quite the same thing he used to be when he was in the Eagles. I'm sorry, Malcolm Jenkins isn't quite a guy he used to be when he was on the Eagles. He's not great in coverage anymore, so he's definitely a guy I think you can exploit. I don't love the other tight ends, though, because they're just cannibalizing themselves. Basically, O.J. Howard and Bray are both getting three or four targets a game. You really can't guarantee which guy's going to step up if Gronk doesn't play. So I don't love them in that situation. Um, I think that the receiver thing is going to be interesting also to see, and I'm kind of curious if you guys take this. Mike Evans has never had has only had one 100-yard game against the Saints in 13 games, and he averages about 55 yards a game versus the Saints defense versus 82 versus the rest of the NFL. So I think when you talk like that, you see Stephon Gilmore is usually matched up on him. That's obviously why Mike Evans kind of has struggled to a degree. Um, I think you still play Mike Evans, but I think that where makes you more interested in playing the other receivers, like a Godwin who has great stats versus his team, their, their slot corner isn't the greatest thing in the world. And if Antonio Brown's out there, I think he's a go-to. Um, so I like the receivers more, the outside receiver Godwin and Brown. I'm not Evans, I'm kind of – I have him on my team, so I'm probably playing him, but I am a little bit nervous because, I, like I said, I talked about those stats – He's really struggled versus the Saints defense overall. Um, and then on the other side, the Saints, I'm with you, Adam. I think Marquez Callaway looked good. Now, I know the stats didn't necessarily back that up because there were some yeah. missed throws. There were some different things that happened. He had a touchdown opportunity he could have scored. But he looked fast. He looked quick. He looked explosive out there. And I think as a result, you talked about this game. And you, you attack the secondary. I think they're like they're, they're bringing guys off the streets right now. They lost two more corners last week. So it's just ridiculous what they're actually able to do with that secondary. Uh, but Marquez Callaway, to me, is a guy who, who I would think is a good play this week. He's going to be my kind of sneaky play we're going to talk about later on, but I think Marquez Callaway is a guy that I really like. The other receivers, Trey Swift, I'm not touching. He just doesn't look to be in sync at all with, with uh, Jameis Winston. You saw them get kind of into it in the sidelines. I think Trey Smith is realizing he isn't anything in his offense and probably never will be. Yeah, Callaway is the one that I do think looks good. Um, the rest of them I, I don't see a future for. For, for really any of the other guys that have been playing significant snaps for the Saints. Uh, Justin, what's your, your take on this game kind of in general? Anything we, you well, think we missed? Well, like you said, Adam, like a lot of these guys don't belong on a team anymore. Like I was hearing Kevin White and Kenny Stills. Like those two guys were fifth receivers on the 49ers and the Houston Texans last year. Like they, those, those guys don't belong in the league anymore. And they showed it last night because they dropped their passes. I mean, Traquan Smith was also a victim of drop passes, but like you said, Chris, like Traquan Smith, I don't know what ever got across him that made him think that he was the shit, but he was never the shit. You know, he, he's never been really anything. They tried to make him, you know, the deep runner, and he just – he never really kind of gotten rhythm for it, and he was always injured. But I do agree with what you guys are saying with Marquez Callaway. I think he is the biggest threat on this offense. Other than um, Alvin Kamara, of course. But for me, 
the one thing that I like about Jameis's game is that he's been way more open to realizing that Kamara is his number one guy and getting it off to him. Uh, that's one of the bright spots is that Sean Payton, I think, is really putting his head, hey, man, you've got a good running back here. He's good at pass catching too. Go out, use him as much as possible. And he has. <clears throat> and I think that he's obviously going to have a shredder of a game against, you know, this um, – Tampa Bay linebacking core, but you know, I think their best chance is to go to Callaway and Kamara. Um, I like Jameis's ability to run on the outside. He's kind of opened that part of his game up. You know, that could just always be something that would just extend downs and extend plays, extend drives. I'm sorry. <clears throat> on the flip side, I agree with Chris. I think the outside receivers are going to be the best bet. Um, Antonio Brown will probably end up being the best bet if he plays. Um, Leonard Fournette should have still a relatively good game because he brings in the pass catching aspect of it. Um, as far as rushing goes, I don't think I would put much onto it because that, you know, that Saints rush defense looked really damn good. I mean, Demario Davis is a, I think he's an excellent sideline to sideline linebacker. I don't think he's, um, anything super special, but you know, he can, he can fill in the holes, and that's what they're going to need to do. <clears throat> as far as uh, Gronk goes, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm always going to start Gronk if I have him on my team, and he's if he's healthy. There's always a chance to you know the Brady Gronk connection is going to go for two touchdowns. So, yep. and then I would never play any of the other tight ends, OJ Howard or Cameron Bray. Uh, <laughs> OJ Howard, I think, was just like one of those guys that we all wanted to be good. Yeah. He's talented, but he's just never, he's kind of like Traquan Smith on the other side, just never came to fruition. Yep. All right. So moving on to uh, Dallas and Minnesota. And Chris, we'll go back to you uh, if you want to lead off Dallas and Minnesota. So this could be one of the higher scoring games, I think, this week in general. Um, you have two defenses that you know live off of turnovers, basically, but aren't great against the pass or the run. Mm -hmm. um, you have a Vikings offense that's been pretty how much humming. Kirk Cousins coming off a wonderful game. The only problem for Kirk Cousins is they're playing in Minnesota. He seems to be much better on the road than he is at home, and most of his 300-yard games have been on the road. Uh, so but you love Dalvin. You're starting him with confidence. I think you can start Jefferson and feeling with confidence. I'm not worried about Trayvon Diggs. Trayvon Diggs gets interceptions, but he doesn't stop people. Um, and then on the offensive side for Dallas Cowboys, I think that you're wanting most of your guys out there with confidence. You're going to love your some Cooper. Um, this secondary of the Vikings has just been atrocious and is all banged up again. So I think C.D. Lamb have a big night game. And then you, you you can probably use the tight ends in this game too, where Tanya hasn't – not Tanya, I'm sorry um, – where Schultz has, has some value – He's been one of the more productive guys for this offense and kind of been the reason C.D. Lamb and, and Cooper kind of take turns being productive because usually Schultz is the consistent guy now. Um, so you can probably play him with confidence. And I think that overall it should be one of the highest scoring games, like I said. So you wouldn't try to get as many guys as you probably can in your lineup into this, from this game into your lineup. What do you think about if, uh, if Gallup makes it back? Yeah, so I think that's going to be really interesting to see what kind of happens with that situation. Um, I don't love playing him week one just because I'm always kind of cautious with guys, especially when they first game back. You're not really quite – the coaching usage is going to be – you're not quite if the guy can get hurt or he's not quite, you know, 100% healthy or whatever. 
But then you also have Cedric Wilson, who's been really productive out there and is going to be a guy that is going to probably continue to get some snaps. So if you have all those tight ends with the Darwin, the Schultz, and then you add uh, Wilson and the Gallup come back off, I wonder if Michael Gallup's kind of the guy who gets forgotten about in this offense because don't forget, he's a free agent this year. So there's no reason for the Cowboys to try and necessarily feature this guy to make sure he gets big numbers. Yeah, start everyone. Yeah, um, this is definitely one of those games. I think it's not even a bad game to go out and you know pick up Tyler Conklin or KJ Osborne, put them in your flex. There's a good chance that either one of those guys could get a touchdown this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't. I certainly don't hate it. All right, we have one more game we need to get to. Uh, Justin, I'm going to let you bring this one home. It's our Monday night game. Fantastic matchup. You guys are really going to love this. It's going to be really exciting. Certainly not one-sided. The New York Giants and the Kansas City Chiefs on Monday Night Football. Wow. Justin, what, what's your take? Um, on this game? Woo! <laughs> we just keep on getting the Monday Nighters, man, the great ones. Um, so I guess on this game, you know, Mahomes clear protocol. So don't ever take him out of your offense if he can play. Um as far as, you know, the Chiefs, I don't think I have to tell anybody if Mahomes is playing, you play Kelsey, you play Hill. You, you even throw in – you could even throw in Hardman if you wanted to in this game. Um, on the flip side, you know, I, I actually like a lot of the Giants too. Um, I don't know if Saquon's coming back this game or if we're going to get another dose of uh, Booker. It seems like Saquon is questionable as of right now. But that's something to monitor throughout the week. If he's playing, definitely play him. Um, I know that we're we're getting kind of back into the groove as far as the Giants. I think Galladay's coming back. I know Tony has been showing up as he's been questionable. So he, if he comes back, definitely play Kadarius Tony. If Galladay comes back, he could also be a good um, start. Uh, as far as this offense goes, I probably would not depend on Darius Slayton. Sterling Shepard should – so, actually, I didn't really get the info on Sterling Shepard. What was his injury? Um, hamstring. Uh, he did practice some last week, um, so he is trending upwards. Uh, okay. Tony, on the well, other hand, I don't think has practiced yet. No, Tony didn't practice last week, but Shepard's injury happened later on in the week where he had a setback. So that's where you have concerns. Why he did practice going into most of the games that Friday, he had a setback, and that's why he wasn't able to play. So it could mean some. It could possibly mean he's out. I think you know Justin's hitting the nail on the head. On the Giants side, it's basically who's going to be healthy for the receivers. You can bank on one or two of those guys more than likely. You just have to wait, probably wait till game day to see who those one or two guys who are actually going to be active. Kenny Galladay's questionable. Shepard's questionable. Tony's questionable. Um, so that's where we kind of saw last week where Slayton was the guy because he was the only basic healthy receiver that was out there. Um, the one I'm curious about to see you guys kind of think, do you guys think Daniel Jones is a play this week? Yeah, I'd play him. I certainly don't hate it, especially in Superflex. And especially, you know, if you know it's one thing, if he's your QB2 coming off the bench in a, re, a one QB redraft, then, you you know, your starter's not on a bye. Uh, but if, you know, if your starter's Lamar or Carr – or if you're in a super flex, then I really I I like him this week. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm not a huge Daniel Jones fan by any stretch of the means, but he did play his best game I've seen him play last week. 
And that was without all those different receivers we talked about and without Saquon Barkley. So it'll be kind of interesting what he can do against his Swiss cheese defense. Um, so, yeah, I think you definitely want to start Booker if you can start him this week. We see the Chiefs struggle against running backs week in, week out. I think that whatever one or two receivers you can kind of get out there for that Giants lineup, depending on who's healthy, you can probably be, you'd be confident with that. Evan Ingram, I'm not touching. Obviously, his days in New York seem to be numbered. Even though there's nobody healthy out there, he still doesn't get targeted enough to be featured in his offense or being something to consider. Daniel Jones could be an option this week, as you guys talked about. On the Chiefs' side, it's going to be really interesting to see. It should be a bounce-back game in so many ways, but that, that Tennessee game is supposed to be a bounce-back in a lot of ways for that offense. This offense has got to get back to square one in a lot of ways. they got to use this offensive line that's big and physical and stop being such a finesse team. Um, I think this may be an opportunity for them to kind of show that. But if they don't learn their lesson, I think it could easily get a little bit out of control offensively because we see Tyreek Hill's still banged up. He's not as quick, he's not as fast, and it's obvious. His last two games, he's been held under 70 yards. He's getting a lot of targets, but he's not catching the ball down the field. And Travis Kelsey seems to be frustrated out there and hasn't really been going down the field much either. So with this Chiefs offense in general just kind of sputtering, don't bank on necessarily. I mean, you want to, but it's going to be hard to kind of bank on these guys to have this big comeback, especially on national TV on Monday where everybody knows they're going to be watching. Giants are going to have some pride out there. But I do expect that, for me personally, I do think you start the Chiefs guys, the big three. I wouldn't get cute with maybe a hard or something like that. Maybe he could be. He could have a good game. I don't know. But I also wouldn't be I wouldn't be opposed to starting the running back to Roe Williams, too, because I think they're going to realize this team needs to be using the running game a lot more and stop just being so pass-happy and actually have some kind of a clue to do offensively. Yeah, uh, sounds good. I, I agree with all that. Definitely like the play of uh, of Daryl Williams this week. Um, all right, cool. So we can move on to what you kind of alluded to, uh, Chris, in that under-the-radar or upside start play of the week. I've got two guys that are kind of vying for it. Uh, and they're Jamal Agnew and Darius Slayton. Um, I'll, I'll explain uh, Jamal Agnew because we, we pretty much covered why I'm in on Darius Slayton just a second ago. Uh, but Jamal Agnew, like I said earlier in the in the show, he has had like 13 targets over the last two games. Um, I'm Sharks not coming back. Uh, and he's had a, a real role, and especially in PPR. You know, maybe you don't want to play him outside of it. Uh, but especially in PPR, there's at least a floor there where if he gets the same six or seven receptions he's been getting, then you say that's 60 yards or something. That's already 13 points. If he goes above that in either category, then you're you're, you're set. If he gets a touchdown, you're set. Uh, and he, he's someone who, with the ball in his hands, can make pretty big plays. We've seen him you know, on, on kick returns or back when he was in the secondary and what have you, make some pretty big plays with the ball in his hands. Uh, I, I don't think this is any different. Um, you know, it, I'm typically not one to want to use gadget guys in fantasy, but when you're getting them, getting the ball in the way that you're get, he's getting it, in that he's getting, he's a gadget player who's catching passes, that makes things a lot more interesting. Chris, you want to go next? Um, so one of my, we, I talked about one of the guys I had in mind was Marcus Callaway. I definitely think he's a play that you can play with some confidence this week. I expect a pretty good game out of, like I said, I like what I saw this past week. I mean, the stats necessarily back it up. He looked quick. He looked explosive. Man, James seemed to be the most in, most in connection of the offense, other than Alvin Kamara, of course, with who wants to get the ball to. I think Sean Payton's going to realize he's got to make some big plays in this offense, and he can't keep playing so conservative, especially when you have a team that can put up 35 versus you. 
So I love Marquez Callaway. The other guy for me is he's not been kind of he's been kind of hit or miss this season. That's Tyler Higby. In Tyler Higby versus Houston, you're guaranteed to get a touchdown for your tight end versus Houston. I've said that all year long, and I think it continues to be the case. And I wouldn't be surprised because they play such a soft zone defense. Tyler Higby has one of the bigger games this week, and maybe even scores double digit touchdowns. I mean, has even has two touchdowns or more. We're getting ten touchdowns out of Higby. <laughs> I don't know, that's on the ten, yeah. I wish. Um, <laughs> no, for no, but I think he, I think he can give. A, I think he can score possibly two touchdowns, and I think he's going to have a decent game yardage wise overall. Yeah, I do agree. I do agree with that. Uh, he could have a pretty massive game at the tight end position, pretty scarce position uh, this upcoming weekend. Uh, so I'll go with uh, Michael Carter as my first one. Um, I know Mike White is going to be the quarterback as of right now. Uh, they brought in Joe Flacco, but Michael Carter seemed to do his most damage when they were using him as a pass catcher, and hopefully that continues. Um, he ended up catching more passes with Mike White than he ended up with Zach Wilson. So I think he ended up with about eight catches last week. Um, so I think it could be a, a promising matchup knowing that they're going to be severely down with the Bengals. They're going to have to claw back and it's not going to be a game where you're going to be rushing the ball a lot. Um, my second guy is actually on the other side, uh, T Higgins. T Higgins could be in for a good game this week. They kind of need to kind get him going somehow, you know, get him in the end zone, maybe like boost the morale a little bit. Um, like Chris said, he got 15 targets last week. That's freaking insane. And they pretty much blew out, you know, the Ravens. I mean, they didn't absolutely goose egg them, but, you know, it was pretty one-sided. Um, so, yeah, I think that they get him back on track this week. I like it. I like it. All right. Gentlemen, we have anything else you guys want to uh, hit before we head out of here? I'm just going to give everybody advice. Watch to see who that second running back for the Patriots is this week because they're going to have a good game. You just got to see who's going to be active. Will it be Bolden? Will could it be Stevenson? Because either one could be very productive versus Chargers defense. We saw the Ravens have three different running backs, three old geezer running backs score three touchdowns. So there's no, there's definitely a chance that this Patriot offense can be productive with a second running back behind Harris. Yeah. Uh, I'm good. I just want to throw a, a little tidbit out there. So whenever Joe Flacco does inevitably take that starting QB job uh, in, in for the Jets, uh, obviously until Zach Wilson returns, um, just throwing it out there that over the four games he started last season, uh, he, he played in five, but one of them he had like two passing attempts or something. Over the four games that he played significant time in, Jameson Crowder had 31 targets. Uh, Almost just under eight a game, throwing it out there. Um, he he could get fed uh, when Joe Flacco's a starter. Just just a thought, throwing it out there. <laughs> All right, Justin, uh, we're gonna we're gonna get out of here. Justin, what are you working on uh, this week overall? Um, this week, uh, as of right now, I put out a waiver last week or last night, and I'm gonna be working on the DFS. So I'm gonna. Be putting in your best picks, some value picks, best bets on monkey knife fight and all that good stuff. Love that. Definitely go check out his waiver wire article that dropped last night. All right, Chris, what's going on on the belly up MDFF show? Where can we find you? What days? What's up? Yeah. So MDFF is actually on almost five days a week. Now we're on various different missions, but you can catch us live on Wednesday's night. 
Um, we're going to be covering the, the Thursday of the game, previewing that, breaking down the matchups, kind of giving you tidbits and inside information of who to play, who not to play. And then we'll be previewing the 1 o'clock games, going through each one of those games, looking at the guys who are valuable, not valuable, who you can play and who you can kind of forget. I like that. I like that. All right, guys, thank you so much for watching, listening in, however you uh, consume our content. We are very, very grateful that you choose to do so with your time. Uh, Thank you so much, and we will see you next week. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF.